0: Welcome to the All-American Chapel Protestant Service Podcast. This week's sermon will be given by Chaplain Ivan Aragine. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer so that we can continue to worship Him. Father, I thank you so much for the smiling faces um, that are, are looking at me this morning. I'm grateful that they have chosen to be in the worship service this morning to spend time with you. But more importantly, I'm grateful for this first Sunday of the month when we have the opportunity to have communion, to celebrate the Lord's Supper, to be reminded once again of the cost, of the price that was paid for our salvation. And I humbly ask in Jesus' name that as we're singing the songs, as we're hearing the message preached, and as we're preparing for communion, that we would come and with nothing standing in the way of our relationship and our fellowship with you prepare our hearts for the table this morning thank you for allowing us to worship you thank you for allowing us to know you in Jesus name i pray
1: amen Blessed. amen this morning's scripture reading comes from Joshua chapter 1 verses 1 through 9 after the death of Moses The servant of the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses said, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you, and do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your
2: God will be with you wherever you go. Well, good morning, everyone. When I first joined the military, within about uh, three months of finishing uh, Chobik, or Chaplain Officer Basic Leadership course there. I was, uh, I found myself, uh, um, I I started in June of 2005. And by that October of that same year, I was in Iraq. That was a bit of a shock, as you can only imagine. So there I am in Iraq. And my commander says, Ivan, I need you to go out and visit our troops because our troops were spread out in different parts of Iraq. They're uh, near uh, from the Triangle of Death, for those of you that are familiar who have been in that area. So he said, uh, go talk to the S3 and make sure you get an AMR, Air Movements, request. So I did that, filled it out, submitted it. My uh, Chapman assistant at that time, 56 Mike, said, sir, we got our flight. We're going to be out here on the flight line. Let's get ready to go. So we show up there, and we're standing around. Remember, I've never done this before. It's my first time. <laughs> standing around, soldiers, everybody around. And pretty soon, out of the sky comes this big Black Hawk. And I'm looking at it. And I see it land. One of the crew uh, members gets out, starts You know, because we really can't hear him because he's wearing his helmet. And that began an incredible joy that I experienced in flying Blackhawks. I would try as much as possible to get the first seat by the window in the Blackhawks. Because it was such a blast to be lifted up. Especially like at 2 o'clock in the morning when my assistant and I were the only ones standing out there waiting for this Blackhawk. And you would never hear it until it was just right above your head and this, out of the darkness would just come this little blue light or a little green light, and it would just land. Out in the middle of nowhere, and then we were off up into the sky. And I thought, man, this is incredible. I love this. I love this so much that I encouraged my oldest son, Samuel, to become a pilot. And he is. He's a Chinook pilot. I prefer Blackhawks rather than Chinooks. Because they're small little windows. You really can't see it out of the So why am I telling this story? Because I'm telling this because this is what we're going to accomplish today. When we look at the book of Joshua, we're going to get inside a black hawk. And we're going to get a bird's eye view of what the book of Joshua is about. So are you ready? So let's go. Let's go to the next slide. Now, you have to keep something in mind when we get inside that black hawk. That God had a plan. And from Genesis chapter 12, when God specifically says to a man by the name of Abraham, Abraham, I am going to choose you, and I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. And you can see these promises that that God was making to Abraham. I'm going to make you a great number of people. I'm going to make you a blessing. I'm going to give you land. And the nations would be blessed by you. We refer to this as the Abrahamic Covenant. It's a, it's a central teaching of Scripture of Abraham. And the promises that God said, this is what I'm going to do for you. Well, then we go fast forward. You know, just like in a black hawk, when they pick up the speed and you, woo you keep going. We get over to the book of Joshua. And there we begin to see the promises of God that were made to Abraham many, many centuries ago begin to unfold. And Joshua says, or rather God says to Joshua, look at the land that I'm going to give you. And Joshua is immediately thinking, that's the promise that you made to my forefather Abraham. A great number of people. When they left Egypt, when they were wandering in the desert, theologians, they suspect that there was a well over a million, maybe to three million people that were transversing through the wilderness. That's a lot of people. From those few 75 that left Egypt, or rather, that left Israel in the beginning at the end of Genesis, with Joseph and his brothers to now, this vast, and what was it Abraham had said, or rather God had said to Abraham, you go count the stars, Abraham, and tell me if you can number them, because that's how many your people will be. My chosen people. So you see this blessing unfolding, you see it. And then you see number f- that last point, all the nations will be blessed that is still yet to come. So let's take another movement in our Black Hawk to the land overview. Let's go to that next slide, please. Now it may be a little bit challenging to see this slide, but you're coming in from the southern part, coming across southern part going towards the north, coming up from Egypt, you're flying over. And you see that Sea of Galilee, you see the Jordan River, and this is where they are at. I'm going to borrow this one just for a moment. Right here. This is where they're at. They're hanging out right there, and Joshua is told by God, this is what you're going to do. And Joshua begins an incredible military strategy. He comes across the Jordan River, gets over here, takes out that first cities. He goes into a central campaign. And then he moves down to the southern part. He goes all the way down here to Kadesh Barnea. And you should remember where Kadesh Barnea is at, right? Chaplain Mark, where, what, what's so important about Kadesh Barnea? It's where? It's in the wilderness. That is correct. But what happened at Kadesh Barnea 40 years ago? Ah, did you hear him? I didn't hear him either. What would you say? <laughs> no. Moses did not speak at the rock. Let's go with another chaplain. <laughs> Wilson. Chaplain Wilson. What happened at Cadis Barnea in Numbers chapter 13? I know, but I'm going to rob you of the opportunity to tell Ah oh, wow. At Cadis Barnea, that's when those 12 original spies were told, go into the land. Take it. And 10 of them said, no, we can't take it, except for two. Where's my other chaplain? I see you, brother. Don't hide from me. I see you, brother. Who were the two spies that said, we can take it? He had a helpline. That's fantastic. Joshua and Caleb. But because of Israel's disobedience, God said, no, you disobeyed me. You wouldn't listen to my word. So you fast forward the years of the wilderness, and they're here. Joshua, only he and Caleb are left of those 12 original spies. They move their troops, take it, move down to the south, Take it, move up to the north, conquer it, and the land, the land that God had promised, has been taken. So let's look at some highlights about Joshua. He was an aide to Moses, son of Nun, and I'm sure there's some jokes about there. He was selected by God to succeed Moses. Look how many available warriors are at his disposal. If we just take a division, 18,000 or so, he has 33 divisions at his, or rather under his command. That's a fierce, fierce army. Not to mention, he has four priests or as I like to say, four chaplains in the front carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And they go forward. Remember, he was one of the original 12. And because he was one of the original 12, this is where we go into this next slide. Consequences of sin. Because of their refusal to listen to the word of God. This is just an estimate of approximately 42,000 plus Israelites who died as a result of their disobedience directly to God. You do the math if you're a commander and you lose 42,000 of your citizens. You do the math if you're the president of a nation and 42,000 plus of your citizens have been wiped out because of their disobedience. We often hear it said one funeral is enough. Imagine doing 42,000 plus. All because of the consequences of sin. Because they chose not to listen to God. They chose not to listen to His Word. They chose that their understanding of their situation was better. No God Your way is not the way to go. Now let's land this helicopter. Let's get out of the helicopter. The doors have been flung open, and now we're going to do a foot patrol. Let's go to the next slide, please. We've gotten out of the helicopter, and look what it says in Joshua. And please have your Bibles open there to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, servant, servant, saying... Moses, my servant, is dead. And I want to pause there. Joshua has lost... 42,000 of his own people. And that's not including the number of those Israelites that were 20 years and above who were told specifically by God, you will not enter the promised land because this is the consequences of your sin, of your direct disobedience to me. Joshua also does not have the opportunity to, sa- to have his Faithful leader by his side, he doesn't even know where Moses is buried. He didn't have the opportunity to go to his grave and to sit by his grave and to say, "Moses, you I wish you were here. I wish I could speak to you right now and, and, and tell you what? Moses do you see? Why then God would say to Moses or to Joshua, be strong, be courageous. Because Joshua has seen firsthand what the consequences of sin does to a nation, how sin ravages a nation, how sin ravages the individual, how sin exploits the heart and causes such havoc in families. And yet, God says, "Be strong. Be courageous. Listen to my word." Moses is dead. Now, therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, and all this people to the land which I am going to give you. And look how he spread. Look how he identifies what he's going to do for them. I am going to give you every place of the soil your foot threads. Verse three: I have given it to you just as I spoke to Moses. And look how he identifies the geographical location from the wilderness to this great Lebanon, the great river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, as far as the great sea towards the setting of the sun. All this will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. He just told him, be strong and courageous. Now he's said, I will be with you. I will not forsake you. I will not fail you. Joshua knows what it's like to experience failure. He was there at Kadesh Barnea. He was there at the entrance to the promised land. All they had to do was and now they don't. So you can imagine when God says, I will not fail you, I will not forsake you, I will not abandon you, I will not let you go, I will not forget about you, I will stick by you. And how many of us that wear the uniform, how many of us want to be in a battle, in a situation, and you can look to your left and right and you know, they're going to stay with me. Some of you who have worn the uniform have been in some firefights. And those other soldiers have been there with you. Do you see how powerful these words that God speaks to Joshua? Or let me try to phrase it this way You young folks, you're going to go on a, a deacon. Let's use you for example, deacon. You're going to go to a place to visit. Like, for example, Disneyland. Have you been to Disneyland? Okay, Dad. (laughs) Uh, Let's pretend your dad says, hey, kids, we're going to go to Disneyland. What would you want to do to find out about Disneyland? What would you have to do? Go on Google. Isn't that amazing? He would go on Google. Or better yet, he might do this. Hey Siri, tell me the nearest Disneyland or the nearest airport for Disneyland. Here's what I found. Did you hear it? Here's what I found. Joshua didn't have Siri. He didn't have AAA. I know some of you use AAA to find your maps, to know where to go. He didn't have Rick Steves. Hey, let's watch the video when I've been in the promised land. Let me show you how it's at. He didn't have that. He didn't have a travel agent except for one, God himself. And he says, follow me, Joshua. You've never been this way before. You've never seen this land except for 38 years ago. But it's an entire different location. And Joshua, I will lead you. Because when you go to a place that you're not familiar with, we get nervous. We get anxiety. Ah, oh, Where are we going to sleep? Uh, I don't know. Where's the place to eat? Uh, I don't know. Call Siri. And Joshua didn't have that. He didn't know where the water wells were at. He didn't know where the restaurants were so they can rest, lodging places. He didn't know the terrain, but God did. And Joshua has to rely upon God's word. But God does not stop there. Look what he says to him in verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosper, and then you will have success. Joshua, you are about to go into a land. This is an arduous mission that I am giving you. I am going to press you emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. How many of you guys ever felt that way when God has worked in your life? How many of you ever experienced that when God says, I want to purify your heart? just like the silversmith that takes that refining pot and, and, and heats it up and then skims off all that dross. God says, I'm going to do that in your life. I'm going to do that in your life. I'm going I'm to move you from this location to another location. I'm going to... Health situations are coming into your life. Financial situations. You're getting older. And God says, I'm going to remove the dross because I want to purify you. God said, let's go a little bit deeper. And he says, I want to change your speech pattern. I want to change your thinking pattern. I want to change how you treat your spouse, how you treat your children, how you are in the workplace. And listen to what he says, this book of the law. Do not, do not go this direction. Don't go this direction, Joshua, because that's what's going to happen. When you enter into that land, the people that are there are going to deceive you. They're going to try to trick you. They're going to say, hey, come this way. You don't have to follow God. You don't have to listen to what he says. Do this, and this is the much better way. And God says, no, no, no. My ways, he says, are better. My ways are true. My ways are faithful. Listen to what he says in Psalm. Psalm chapter 1. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night, and he is like a tree planted by the river, firm, never, never failing. And the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the wicked, what does it say? The wicked will perish. Or how about in Psalm 17, Psalm 19? The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, commands of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is clean. The judgments, and it goes on and on. You turn it over, and it says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable acceptable in that sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Do you see how God hammers it? over and over and over again just like a blacksmith on the anvil my word my word sustains you my word will give you life my word gives you peace my word will not fail you why because god says i it is my word i do not fail forgive me I do not fail I God says do not fail and my promises are sure Matthew chapter 4 you don't need to turn there Matthew chapter 4 verse 4 but Jesus answered and said to Satan as he was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days. Do you see the parallelism? Israel, 40 years in the desert. Jesus, 40 days in the desert. Israel failed. And what did Jesus say to Satan? His arch enemy, the one who was determined to destroy. And Jesus says, It is written, man shall not live by. Or man should not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If Christ uses his own words to defend himself against Satan from the book of Deuteronomy, why are we not using God's word? Why do we stray away from it? Why is it that sometimes I've experienced this? I get afraid. Lord, I'm not sure I want to say that to that person. Lord, you know that that person's lifestyle is different from your word. And yet that person's sitting in my office and saying, hey, chaplain, help me. And fear, fear hits my heart. Or when a commander says, hey, Chapman, I'm sure I want you praying that way. Or when the U.S. government says, you can't say that. Or when our society passes laws that are in direct contradiction To God's word. And God looks at his people and he says, Are you going to be set apart? Are you going to be totally devoted to me? Are you going to adhere to God's word? Do you see the challenges that we face? And God says, Don't go to the left, don't go to the right. Stay the course. Stay in his Word, stay in His word. The promises of God lead us to devotion. The Word of God purifies us towards devotion. The Word of God sanctifies us that is what Christ said at his high priestly prayer prayer in John chapter seventeen, verse seventeen. He says, sanctify them in your word. Thy word is truth. And if Jesus can say, I am the way, the life, and the, do you see the equal, the equality that he places between him and scripture? Truth, truth, they're identical. If I can believe Jesus, then I need to believe God's word. Truth, truth for sanctification, for setting me apart, for setting us apart because that's what he did with Israel. He said to Abraham, I'm going to set you apart from all the rest of the nations. And he still continues to set us apart so that we would be devoted to him. 2 Timothy 3:16 All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Holiness, devotion to God. So that the man of God, so that the woman of God, so that that child of God, that teenager, so that that senior citizen, so that the blind man, so that the one that cannot hear, the one that sits in a wheelchair, the one that cannot get out of their bed because of health issues, God says so that you would be adequate, adequate, equipped for every good word, every good work. Why? Because God's word is sufficient. And those are the promises. That is the promise, the promise that God gives to Joshua. Do not go to the left. Don't go to the right. Keep my word. Meditate upon it. Keep it on your lips. Hide it in your heart. That's why we have ministries like Navigators, where they focus in on, what's one of the focuses of Navigators? Hiding God's word in your heart. That's why we spend time preaching every week. That's why God says, study my word and be devoted. And that's why we can celebrate communion. Because just as the Israelites were able to stand in the promised land, and they were able to pick up the dirt and say, This is ours. This belongs to us because Yahweh said this is ours. We too can stand before the communion table and we can say this is a fulfillment of God's promise. Because as he had said to Abraham... Through all the nations of the earth, ye will be blessed. And in Galatians chapter 3, it says, Jesus Christ is that seed, the promise, the one to come. And we can stand before this table and we say, God, your promises have not failed. Your promises have not failed. The truth of your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, gave his life, crucified, buried, and on the third day rose again. We have devotion to him. Chapman Wilson is going to come up here very shortly and lead us in communion. I want you to examine yourself. I want you to allow God's word to search through you. To filter your thoughts. To filter your heart. To filter you. Let God's word sift you. And if there's things that are preventing you from being more and more devoted to Him, remove it. Ask Him to remove it, and He promises He will. So that you can come before Him and say, I want to be devoted. I'd ask you to please close your eyes And take a moment to evaluate. Heavenly Father, as we leave this
0: place, help us to be strong and courageous. Help us not to turn to the left or to the the right, but help us to be totally devoted to you by hearing your word and doing what it says. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. That was this week's All-American Chapel Protestant Service podcast. Please tune in for next week's podcast.